Hi, I'm Mara Webster with In Creative Company, and today I'm so thrilled to be joined by Sam Reed to talk all about his latest series, Interview with a Vampire. And I wanted to start by talking a, a little bit about the preparation and development part of the process for you in getting this role, because, you know, it, it sounds like even though you've done incredibly complex roles before, that this was just another layer on top of that with everything that you had to do. And even just starting with the fact that there's thousands of pages of literature to really dive into this character and learn all of his backstory and all of the subtext supplementing the scripts you know to learning French piano singing in the show um, and so I was really interested in when you have such an seemingly insurmountable task ahead of you like that with so many different facets that you're trying to master in a short space of time kind of what was your starting point and how you really navigated it in a way that felt manageable for you it's a it's a very good question um because it never feels manageable but it's such a fantastic role that it's always very exciting to approach it on any given day. But I guess I had read the books before, you know, when I was younger. And so I had a I had an innate understanding of, of the characters through my own appreciation of the books. But I, I guess the first thing I did was go back to the books sort of straight away and kept reading and reading and reading and reading. And, um, and it's a different thing when you're approaching a character um, or, or looking at a source material when you're approaching it as an actor portraying that character. It's very different to just reading them as a fan of the books because you have to start to find a voice. But she's very specific about the way she describes him. And he is very specific about the way he describes himself. And all the other characters are very specific about the way they describe the start. So, um, and then also, you know, Anne did countless interviews where she talks about this character. She talks about his nature she talks about you know how he, he pronounces his name it, it, you know she does a lot of things that i was just you know straight up going um to in the, in the very beginning and then you know roland has just done this amazing job of of translating all of that um and translating this character and also finding the character that she sort of sort of settled on um because he does change from interview the vampire to the vampire list start and so he sort of you know he took elements from both because we're still seeing it from Louis's perspective and there still has to be um there has to be a, a certain amount of of anguish and resentment in the way the way that Lestat is described as uh, versus the way that Lestat perhaps describes the the things himself um but yeah it was you know Roland the way he he incorporated the language Anne Rice's language into the actual dialogue so you can go back to the scene in the book and see the way that they were thinking um and making sure every reference you know would i just say a small a small line in passing but you know fans of the books um or myself as an actor taking on the role knew the meaning behind it and so you don't have to create the story you, you have it there you have it in your back pocket at all times and then there was you know piano french lessons italian lessons you know and i just kept kept doing that throughout the whole process um which was daunting but i was sort of adamant adamant that I wanted them to be there, one of those elements to be there in the character. Um, yeah. And I, I love the specificity of, like you said, Roland taking the language from the books. And it's a character who has a very specific way of speaking because of yeah. his worldview and because of his experience, 
you know, the time period of where the show is set, but also his history for how long he's been alive for, Um, you know, and, and there's also that element of delivering dialogue that's about things that are very outside of the ordinary of our day-to-day world. And um, so how did you kind of manage and navigate, firstly, the fact that you're going in and filming the show where every couple of days you've got pages and pages of monologues that you're delivering (laughs) in this very specific dialect, but also always finding the way to make it feel very grounded through your character, even when it's out of the ordinary moments for him? Yeah, that's it's another really great question. I appreciate these. I guess you have to always look at the circumstance like it's truthful. So it's, it's it would it would be not beneficial to me to um, dwell too much on how otherworldly this experience is because it is his experience. And I think the way that and um, subverts the mo- monster culture and subverted vampirism by putting yourself in the position of the vampire, you're immediately. Um, have an emotional connection and an empathy for these creatures is the same thing you know that Mary Shelley does with Frankenstein and it's within within that tradition so you know you have to look at these things as, as very everyday it is something that you do on a daily basis um kill and so it's and and so it's how do I make killing interesting how does Lestat make killing interesting for himself and how does he how does he make this experience important because you know, his history is when he's met the other vampires in his past, they, it, it's been been a lot more about shame and that, you know, you're, you're, you are um, acting as a servant of Satan and what you are is wrong. And Lestat, you know, when he got put, he was an actor. He, he wanted to, he, you know, he wanted to see the world. He left home to go to Paris. He's, you know, he had his whole life in front of him and, and, and it was taken away from him. And I think he's always trying to get his life back. He's always trying to go step back into the spotlight and take ownership and and make the best of it. Make and and he redefines vampire culture um, within the world of Anne Rice as well. So, um, you know, I guess that's a roundabout way of of saying that it's it's all about looking for the empathy within the monster. Yeah. And did those elements that you're describing also really help when it came to finding those aspects of humanity? Um, and like his human self that still lives within him. And it's still a presence, even though he's become this other version as a vampire, because I think that's something where you really capture the way that it's kind of always simmering underneath the surface. And, and then there's ways that it it tries to really root up, you know, even just his massive yearning for love or the way that he talks about loneliness over the course of decades, that's very humanistic in terms of, of his outrage. And it is. And, and, you know, as a, as a character, he has a very a huge existential crisis as a human being in which art pulls him out of it the music the violin um and listening to that 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 pulls him out of it so that's that's his that is his anchor point is art and aesthetics and um and as you that's his echo basically of of humanity and so moving in being a monster he's sort of that's the only thing that he really really appreciates in humanity and wants to protect that um yeah, uh, I forgot the second part of your question, or the most part of your question. That was my introduction to your question. <laughs> um, no, it was, it was it was definitely in line with that, and and just very yeah. much about like the the humanity and the aspects of that that are always simmering yeah. there, and then where yeah, you want yeah. to bring it to the surface as well. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, and and the loneliness is is a huge part of it because they are very lonely creatures. They do live forever. Um, he's not. He's not. You know, he 
he goes through patches where he's a bit of a lone wolf, but really he 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 wants companionship and he is looking for a com companionship and someone who's going to have the test of time to to stick it out with him. But you know he is complicated and and um, he's not easy to be around. And and so you know that's a very human experience, wanting to be liked, wanting to be loved, wanting to be appreciated. And I think you know the 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 limited moments when you do see that his humanity is there is often not what he says but in his actions he's very powerful and he's choosing not to use all of his powers to try and not appear to uh, to be in an imbalance in the relationship between louis and himself and so you know even though at times he might be coming across really extreme he's actually doing probably the lightest version of what he could be doing <laughs> I mean, I, I think that's a great point as well, even in terms of he's not always easy to be around and, and he can be difficult in different ways. And some of that even comes down to his expression of love and he just doesn't quite have the tools to express it in a traditional sense. And it often comes out in quite a sadistic manner. Um, mm -hmm. And so how did you want to encapsulate and really portray that idea of, you know, these are sadistic actions and these are sadistic words that he's expressing, but actually underneath that is a longing for love that's he's really yeah. trying to push through well he's a vampire you know and murder is his love language you know in a way and um it's it's intrinsic in all vampires this yearning this desire this love i mean it's sort of part of their law you know you have it in dracula you have it in nosferatu you have it in the start they're dying they're 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 endlessly longing to be reunited with their love, their, you know, and they're aching over centuries. Um, and what I think is really interesting just on that point, actually, is that Anne Rice has this extraordinary ability to reference that culture as well, to reference vampire media, to reference, you know, that. And so I, I, I do like to think that maybe he was aware <laughs> of, the, of his own irony that he was filling, filling the shoes of a vampire, you know, quite, quite well. Yeah. <laughs> And then obviously there, there is a real love and intimacy that comes, you know, between the dynamic with the two of them from the fact that he turns him. And then even, you know, you were talking before about the the ritual of feeding and, and how for him he's kind of stepping outside of a place of shame. And so how did you kind of land upon what you felt like that was in terms of an emotional plane for him as a character so that when we see that that those scenes and those moments where it's just time really slows down, you know, he's savoring every moment and the pacing of the scene also just really drops. Like, how did you land upon those specific choices? I mean, a lot of it was working with Roland and his, his dialect, um, his, his dialogue. Um, uh, but also it's, it's important to remember that he does a lot of things for a reaction. He's always trying to, if he's being watched, you know, he he's doing he's a performer and he's trying to entice Louis into this into this lifestyle. It's hard to know. And it's something that I question all the time, how much he really enjoys it. He's going to have to find a way to get through um, to get through it. And that's by embracing who he is and 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 making the best of the situation and making it fucking fantastic you know and so and so he wants to take the time to do that and you know if you're going to kill somebody you have a choice you either just kill them indiscriminately and quickly and you know without flair or you make their life 
means something mm -hmm. um and you do it with care and delicacy and and um and finesse i suppose and i, I think this is a really key thing to lestat is that he he loves first so he falls in love with people and, and characters and there's a lot a lot of the books they sort of start with lestat falling in love with someone um and then um you know the the way that he goes about require acquiring that love and the return of the love is is um is sadistic and is violent and and is is um you know obsessive and i think that's his that's unfortunately his his tragic flaw is he doesn't he doesn't know how to just um well i think he's afraid of somebody not loving him from who he for who he is really and so he he acts out and and pushes them um he forces them to love him and he's emotionally quite volatile as a character as well yeah. you know it's like he can he can flip to anger very quickly it's like you're not doing this the way that i think that you should be doing it based on my experience and mm -hmm. you know he goes from like real tenderness in one moment to real frustration to real anger to kind of almost comedy and laughter to a performance um you know but also that's requiring all of that from you in scenes and making very fast transitions between those different spaces was that something where you know have you played any other character that have required those sort of emotional trajectories to shift so quickly and and how would you approach a lot of that because it is quite a challenge to go so far into those extremities so quickly yeah no I've never had the opportunity to play somebody like Lestat um you know and it's a it's one of the greatest gifts I could ever be given as an actor really it's, it's such a joy it's so much fun to do I can't I can't begin but um yeah it's, how do you how do you approach it I guess it's um that's just the way he he operates you know and he is oscillating um and uh, that's just who he is so it's not really necessarily any specific way of approaching as it is just accepting <laughs> <laughs> did you always have a sense you know based on Rollins writing was it always very clear the different directions that that was going to take you emotionally for him as a character in in scenes no. or were there times where it was helpful to try different versions of it a little bit yeah I really tried as many different versions of of it as I possibly could sometimes much to the chagrin of the directors but I was trying to I needed to try it a bunch of different ways to see which one is was going to work because this is this is the only problem when the writing is so good is that there's not one way to do it there's so many ways to do it you have it's so incredibly written there's so much nuance in it that you could pull out and emphasize different things and you find a completely new new thing so um i tried to do it as many many possible ways as i could and um you know and then and then left it to the to the editors and everyone else to to decide <laughs> I mean, and, and speaking of moments where it, you know, I was interested whether it was helpful to, you know, especially to really explore different directions was the moment where he is turning Louis. Um, and so I was interested in how you and Jacob Anderson really figured out what that scene was going to look like, because it's such a pivotal moment. It's something that obviously anyone with familiarity, you know, you know already that that moment's coming, um, mm. but it really has to land for the audience to kind of see this connection. And then, like you said, even with the volatility later, we understand the connection between the two of them at every stage because it's such yeah. a unique intimacy that's built in that moment yeah well so they they're both at this moment where you know louis louis turns to god you know um which is very frustrating for lestat because you, you 
after all of this that you've gone through you go to god i mean it's you know it's not it's not he has a very complicated relationship with god which you know in later books he has a really interesting connection with him but um but and so in in response to that lestat lays himself totally bare and is the most vile and disgusting and aggressive and nasty he can be and it's probably too too much too far of an extreme but he realizes okay now louis has seen me at the worst i can be and he's technically you know seen him the worst he can be so they've seen each other they've, they've dealt with how bad it can be now can 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 you love me still and will you join me forever um still and then and i think it just goes to show the the intensity of their of their connection as vampire and humor before he's turned that that he will he also sees louis um and he and he he shows louis that he is seen and loved and and they're outsiders they're both of them outsiders and they're you know looking to build a home and i think yeah it's it it, it was a challenging scene to shoot because we had multiple special effects and stunts within this very large um speech <laughs> you know that you had to sort of break up and and distinguish you know certain beats um so you know it was you know we shot it over a number of days um you know and you had to you had to make decisions there that were going to last you know throughout the whole series you know there's even specific ones like how much blood do you drink to drain a body like how long does that take how, what does it look like to suck blood out of somebody you know like what is that um so you know these were there are a lot of Kind of big things that we were making, big choices we were making. <laughs> I also love a lot of the very specific body language that the two of you have and and the way that touch is used in very different facets. Um, you know, like even there's one scene where, you know, you've got your hand just gently on the back of Jacob's neck and you're kind of stroking it as you're as you're talking to him very quietly about feeding and you know it's best to let the the food come to you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I thought that was that was like such a great choice. And there's so many instances of that. And so how did the two of you find what you wanted the tactile element of their relationship to be, especially when it is something where they're around other people and there's a little bit more of a quietness, but again, just really that connectivity coming through the way that they move with one another. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they particularly the start, you know, can't take his hands off, can't get his hands off Louis. Um, and, and so he's always drawn to him. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it was, I think also having, the acrylic nails does animate your hands in a way that I wasn't expecting. And all of a sudden I had these weapons on my hands that changed the way that you did something. So, you know, a touch, which might also be incredibly gentle is also quite forceful and powerful. And so there's always this element to the way that he's operating is he's like gently, you know, floating through three spaces but knowing that you know he could destroy everything at a second and that that's that's um and that's power i suppose in a way yeah <laughs> and with that idea of power as well there's a real poise to him as a character and again it feels like part of that comes from the power that you're describing and part of it also just comes from how we feel like he he was as a human and how he moved as a human through the world as well i mean yeah. so how did how did you determine that that kind of poison was that something where as well, the external facets of the costume and the hair and the makeup once you were on set really helped in kind of leaning into that as well. Yeah, and I think, I don't know if he's always been like how he is or I think he changes and he does oscillate quite a lot As and he's got a very large arc. Um, 
I think he is performative. That is his. That is his being. He's a performer, you know. Um, and and he, he you know, in, in in a lot of ways, I think of him like a frustrated actor or a frustrated performer because he can't. He's got to hide. And so, you know, and and it's frustrating when you just want to be on stage. You just want to be in you know in front of everyone, and you can never really admit your true nature because you know it's it's something that that cannot be cannot be discussed, um, which is why it's so extreme what Louis is doing with releasing this book and you know, as we go. Um, and with the costumes, it's interesting because, you know, he's he is a man, you know, of the of the 1700s. He's got he, he, his, his element, you know, the 1790s, he's got more flair, more more flamboyance in his clothes. And so fitting into um, the 1900s, the 1910s, 1920s, where men clothes were much more formal and suits it was a challenge to be like where do we find Lestat in this like what where where is Lestat in these clothes like what is it and you know Carol Kutcher who's the, the costume designer and I would talk a lot, a lot about this and she had this fantastic um idea which was let's bring in elements that are hidden under the costume so you don't you don't quite see it but so you know he's wearing the more like really cinched waist or he's wearing patent leather shoes you know, or he like, you know, makes fun of the, the, you know, with his boater hat and he's sort of like being, there's a lot of cheeky elements and, and elements of bondage, you know, where there'd be straps on the suit that he's kind of had custom made to make it look like, you know, he's in something, you know, more, more menacing, more terrifying, and also, you know, playing, playing with those clothes. And, um, and the, the contact lenses, um, they're kind of a strange experience because vampires have extraordinary sight and, and have an amazing way, uh, amazing ability to, to see things in extreme detail. And the contact lenses take all the detail away from you. So you can't really see anything. So it's, um, it's, it's challenging. You really have to use your imagination um, when you're wearing them, but also they provide so much. They really provide a real sense of otherness to them. So they definitely, they do, definitely outweigh the balance. Yeah. <laughs> and and with the fact that that vampires have such a keen sense of of sight as well and can see so much detail it you know there really is an incredible amount of your performance that rests on your eyes in a lot of different ways it's you know i'm having an entire conversation with louis but i'm not actually saying any words out loud that anyone else can hear so that's really relying on that expression you know there's the observational quality that you were mentioning as well you know and even just the way that he's kind of like seeking out and honing in on you know okay where where is my next feed coming from is is another dynamic yeah. um and so did you find that it was a performance that that lent on that part of you in ex expression wise in a very different different way and a lot more than other parts as well I mean you mean with the eyes yeah, yeah. But, but and so it's confronting when I first put them on um you know then these beautiful hand-painted custard maids lenses and I first put them on and I said Roland I don't know if I can do this because so much of this happens <laughs> in the eyes and he said you know trust me that it doesn't translate like that um and what I did find was incredibly useful is that because you have something on over your your um, irises you think you you don't need to blink so you can keep your eyes open for a very long time and you can really stare somebody out for a very long time and realize that you've done like a three minute scene without blinking and you know it's, it's so useful because that's they are as you say like apex, apex predators always watching always always honing in on the deeper level on on their victim or whoever they're speaking to because they're listening to how they're really feeling they're hearing their heartbeat they're hearing their thoughts they're you know they're they're watching their prey. Yeah. 
yeah, no, it felt like there were so many moments where it really just kind of like slows down and we see you see you watching everything. Um, I mean, it's it's such a fantastic performance. I love the first few episodes. Um, congratulations on the season two renewal that already came through. I'm so excited that we get more of it. And thank you so much, Sam. Really appreciate your time today. Thank you. Thanks, Mara.